Shanti. Om Shanti. So hello and welcome. Today, very happy to be joined by Heike Amafarkas from Germany. And I'll give a little bit of background on Heike. Heike has been practicing yoga since the late 80s, influenced by various traditions. As she met Sri Gurudev in 1990, when she was the massage therapist on a cruise ship to Alaska, and he was one of her clients. She says it was love at first sight. <laughs> and Heike took her first TT teacher training in 1993 and subsequently attended six additional integral yoga trainings. She opened an integral yoga center near Munich in 1999. And Heike is certified in basic, intermediate, advanced, Raja, yoga for the heart, stress management, yoga for children, and yoga for arthritis teacher trainings. So, yes, a lot of experience uh, in the yoga world for a good good portion of your life, I would say now. Hmm. Yes, I'm celebrating 30 years of having met Gurudev, and it's been a life, half of a lifetime now, because I'm going to turn 60 in a couple of weeks. And I met him as I was close to 30. So he has been influencing my life ever since. And it's, it's so close and so accessible. And I feel so connected and so grateful to have met Gurudev. And it felt like he picked me up again after guiding me already in past lifetimes. This is how it feels because there was such a familiarity and such an instant connection, which was very deep and very warm hearted. So did it feel as if you'd, you'd met him before, like there was a familiarity there to you? I am pretty sure, you know, ever since I know that when we receive mantra in initiation, the guru dedicates or promises you to guide you until you're enlightened. Mm -hmm. So that takes many, many, many lifetimes. And I totally trust into that promise, you know, mm -hmm. and I feel like we have been continuing a journey. I also was praying for guidance because I lost a year before I met Gurudev. I lost my physical father and I felt like I really needed to, to take a shift in my life, you know, which is typical. My, my dad died as I was 28 and that's, the first four, seven periods, you know, like um, we, we live in three phases. The first 28 years is more dedicated to our physical and also intellectual development. And then when you turn 28, you move into the emotional maturing phase. And with 56, we move into our spiritual phase in our life. So he was right on time there um, because of my age and my openness. And also because I lost my physical dad and then my spiritual father, Sri Guru Dev, appeared a year mm -hmm. later. 
So I wanted to speak with you about challenges. Uh, and recently you, you shared with me a practice that you did, you know, with your students and yourself uh, that was impactful. And I was very interested to hear about it. Would you mind sharing what that practice was? I'd love to. Well, I um, allow myself to get inspired as much as I can by listening to our swamis or um, I'm watching satsangs and I heard Amrita speak about uh, boosting up our immune system. And at the end, she quoted Gurudev, which she always so beautifully does. Um, make out of every minus, make a plus, right? And sometimes it just takes one sentence to have my own ideas triggered. And I thought, and I love written reflections because I think they're very efficient. Within a few minutes, we know so much more about our momentary condition and we receive intuition so beautifully. So I decided to give a little talk to my class how to make like how how we could make a plus out of every minus because we know every experience is a stepping stone every challenge is a chance to grow nothing is or let's say it as good as said it's all for good right and at the end it's always depending what comes out at the end it's not the present moment which counts only but also what could be the outcome of this challenge and because we all have a certain experience, life experience, we understand life backwards, we say, you know, when we are in the middle of a challenge, it's hard. But when we look back, we know by experience that everything was there for a reason. So um, I set the alarm for two minutes. I said, Write down all the minuses in your life, which you feel right now. And then we took three minutes to convert the minuses into pluses, assuming what could be the great outcome, what could be my learning process, what offer is there in for me to grow, I always say, towards freedom through awareness. That's my my life goal, right? So I participated and I wrote down my own issues. And on Monday night, as I did this exercise the first time, it was all external. It was two people, actually three people, including myself, the fourth person, um, and circumstances, which were my minuses. And, but I could make a plus out of every minus. And it took me four little pages, you know, small pages. On Wednesday morning, about 36 hours later, I repeated this exercise again with my students. And I was touched to tears because it was all mine. It was my ego, it was my expectation. It was my frustration. And then I thought of this 
again, uh, saying of Gurudev, be careful about your minds because they can blow up anytime, right? And I converted them into uh, what do I need to make a plus out of that? Faith, love, and hope. Humility, devotion, surrender, openness, and yeah, and openness, I think it was. And it was really in that moment, I felt so touched because I thought, my God, you know, it proves again that everything we have learned is so true. We are the obstacle. It's not, it's not the outside world. Swami Divyananda, in her last satsang on last Saturday, she said, the happiness of a yogi doesn't depend on external circumstances. But, you know, I think we all find ourselves when we are overwhelmed with challenges or it's so easy to blame others or blame circumstances. The, the question of a yogi is how fast can I turn around, you know, and acknowledge that it's my, I'm the obstacle. My attitude is the obstacle. Yeah. Yeah, as an example, something I was considering yesterday, because we just had uh, our elections over here. I'm sure that you know that. Oh, yes. We've yeah. All had it. <laughs> yeah. And I thought to myself, you know, what happens if in this realm of, you know, politics, we get everything that we want, right? So, so much passion and care about what is going to happen. And not to say that it, it's not important. I'm not trying to say that at all. But I think that there's something to be said for placing yourself in the position of how would I feel if I got it my way? If I got all those things that I want, you know, like in, in, in our situation, you know, uh, the people in my world, right, they're very democratic. So if you have a democratic president and the Senate and the Congress, you know, we have it, have all of those things the way the way that we want it. Now what? Now how am I going to feel? Right, because there's all this like built up. If if I get that, that's what that's what I want to have happen. But if it does happen, then what? You well, know. Sorry. <laughs> go ahead. Go ahead. Yeah. Well, Gurudev said how boring it would be. What would you tell your grandchildren? <laughs> I I always have to quote him because really every question I have, there's an answer coming right behind it. And Gurudev answered all the questions we have. He gave us everything, you know. We just have to keep reminding ourselves. And then we know the next step, you know, or we know, yeah, we know what's, what's there to do. My um, ways of dealing with challenges are that I try to go back to myself, you know, when I feel like I'm too far out, I'm trying to come back to myself, back to the moment, to the present moment, not the past, not the future, just the present moment, and into the energy of love. 
the the feeling, the energy and condition of love. And it always works. Or another very helpful practice for me is Tonglen, which I also heard through uh, Pema Shudran. Do you know what that is? No. It's like when you feel anger, for example, you know, you inhale the anger. You really almost suck it up like a vacuum cleaner, you know, and you convert it through the, the loving, loving, um, how would you say, mildness almost, you know, loving kindness. And through the power of your mind, you convert it into the desired outcome. Like you inhale anger and not just your own, the anger of all people around the world, because I'm not the only one who feels anger, right? So you inhale anger and, for example, you exhale equanimity, right? So... In my early days, as I did this very simple practice, you know, of inhaling and exhaling, I exhaled what I didn't want and I inhaled what I desired. Mm. But then as I heard about Tonglen, I thought it's so much better because when I exhale what I like to get rid of, it's almost like a... Um, uh, energetic pollution I'm creating, you know, mm -hmm. because then it's still around, you know, and trying <laughs> to sneak in there again and just waiting for for a moment of weakness where I, I'm accessible again, you know, where I'm not mindful enough. So this way, I think this is such a healing practice. Mm -hmm. Tomlin, it's called. Mm -hmm. Yeah. The, the remembering for myself is, is really to believe that challenges are actually opportunities. Yes. I, I've learned that I have a lot of opposition to believing that. I've made it into a morning practice where I, I say now, uh, one of the things I do when I wake up is challenges are opportunities, you know, because I see the work that I have to do, uh, in order to come to that place, like during my day, things pop up and I can get irritated with them. I do get irritated with them, but if I really see them as an opportunity, then there's almost like a gratitude for the challenges coming. I mean, it's hard to me. This has been one of the, the most difficult practices. Challenges I have converted into learning gifts. Okay, it's a gift of learning in form of a person, in form of a circumstance. And I would like to add to what you just said, which I totally agree with, that there's no failure. You know, Gurudev also says every failure is or mistake is a stepping stone to enlightenment or in your development. Because it takes a lot of frustration away, you know how often do we, we are not good enough for ourselves, right? Because we have a high expectation towards ourselves. We want to be a good yogi. We want to be a good wife. We want to be a good mother or father or parent, you know, we, we, we 
we would love to be the perfect human being, right? Um, but it's, it's a long way, you know? We forget that it's a long way. And when we say, well, I've been practicing for 30 years, it's basically nothing when you imagine all the lifetimes we have worked up our way to where we are today. Gurudev very often said, you know, we must have worked hard in previous lifetimes that we can sit in, in Shivananda Hall or have met him or being um, uh, having an encounter with, with yoga or integral yoga or any other spiritual practice, which is helping us to grow, you know. Yeah, I want to ask you about one thing that you mentioned too is uh, humility. Mm. In in a, kind of an answer of the the process of the exercise that that you shared. Mm. So it seems that that the mind, you know, is is capable of so much, and and I do feel that it should be respected the mind, the, the power of the mind, right? Sometimes I think in the yoga world, it's made to be the enemy, right? I mean, it is mischievous. It does do th certain things, but um, I don't know. My feeling is too, that it's, it's to be respected and admired at the same time, you know, because the mind is so powerful, it thinks it can know everything, right? And that thinking that I can know everything to me is in a way the opposite of, of being humble, of just saying, I don't, I don't know. I don't need to know. Right. So for you, you know, where does the practice of humility come in? And is it in, is it an easy thing for you to, to kind of just remember to be humble or is that one that um, maybe doesn't come that often? As you mentioned the word humility, um, I actually feel tears coming to my eyes. It was very easy for me to be humble when it comes to creation. And I know that I don't know. I know that I could not even lift a finger if the prana wouldn't flow through me. I know in my heart that everything I do is done by grace. It's, I'm not living out of myself. I, I'm receiving mm. life with every breath. And I love that song, Kayena Vaja Manasen. Kayena Vaja Manasen Duryava. Whatever action I may perform, you know, it's, it's all done by grace. Where I have trouble with humility is, when I feel <laughs> injustice, when I feel imbalance, um, and I struggle with, when I feel like I always have to take care of things, you know, that um, I'm not appreciated enough, you know, I even dedicated because I was upset about. Um, yeah, sometimes not receiving, um, enough appreciation. I dedicated a whole year 
to appreciate myself. I I sometimes have uh, I've had um, topics for you know one one theme for a year where I've been working on. This year I've been kind of slipping a little bit, but um, fairness is something very very important to me, you know, and. Um, I think it's it's challenging sometimes. I mean, I get lots of appreciation from my students and there's no question about it. But as a housewife, you know, <laughs> sometimes I feel it's I'm taking for granted, you know, I've been taking for granted. Yeah. It makes me think that, you know, just part of, the game I'll put it or whatever, whatever it is that we're experiencing right now is that it's a, it's personal, right? Like we'll never be appreciated enough. Right. I, I, I don't, I don't think so. You know, no one will ever kind of see what we really are. I don't even know if we can see <laughs> the totality of, of what we are. Um, so so yeah, just kind of accepting that that is, that's the case. Um, I, yeah, I don't know. I like the practice that you, that you did with appreciating yourself because I think that there's really something there. I mean, I'll ask you like from that, did you find that you didn't, you weren't as needy for that external appreciation because kind of your own self-worth was built up to more of a healthy level? Absolutely. Absolutely. I felt so liberated after that year, you wouldn't believe. And maybe I should do this practice again. <laughs> I, I really felt liberated after that year or during that year, because it's really only just us. Like you said, you know, it's only us who really know, knows what we are doing with what attitude we're doing it, with what consistency we're doing it. And um, I often think when, I, when I'm a little bit upset or then I try to, to convert my attitude by being grateful. Then I say, God, I thank you. You know, like when I clean my windows, thank you for, you know, that I have the the energy to clean my windows. Thank you that I have a house which has windows, you know. Uh, and then I am lucky enough to be even in my own house, you know. I'm not renting. I have the privilege of cleaning the windows of my own personal, of our own personal house. That's, I mean, that's a great gift, right? So, um, and often I also think, Heike, what, what do you rather want? Do you want to work or do you want to be sick? No, 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 no. I want to work. <laughs> Just let me work, God. Give me the energy to work and I'm not going to complain. <laughs> well, sometimes I'm slipping, but that's human, right? I just, sorry, I just think of humility and human how close these two words are hmm. human humility hum it's almost just the end is, is missing right so right. It, 
Um, the humility is, is something I think we can all work on. And I think of a great quote, humility is growing in the shade of growth, of greatness. Mm. You know, in other words, the greater our spirit, the more, more purified our spirit is, the more humility we feel. Because only ignorant people think that they know. The more you know, the more you know that you don't know. That, that's a fact. Because the more you know, you, the more you gain insight or you, the more you are in awe about the whole creation. And you're just um, so deeply touched about the variety, about the smells, the scents, the, the, the colors, the seasons, the elements, the, and they're all intertwined and it, it's, it's a perfect symphony. Just look in our, our look at our body, you know. I've had the privilege to go to naturopathy school for two years, 1994 through 1996. Six. And it was intent, it was like a medical study for two years about anatomy, physiology, and pathology. And the physiology, Avi, I I've so much respect for our body mm. and i i'm grateful to my body i talk to my body right i thank my body that it's so good to me i know it's the temple of my soul i know i have to take care of it and if i allow it to have enough rest and enough water and the good food and good thoughts and good breath then it's it has the power to heal itself you know I just have to be mindful with it. And I think humility comes a lot with observing with a total alert mind and senses what we are given and what we are surrounded by. Yeah, and I don't see my my human mind as um I, I have learned that the mind is there to think. So I thought in early days that meditation is to have a blank mind, but that's impossible because the mind is there to think. You can't stop, but you can have good thoughts. You know, you can delegate the, uh, the positive thoughts and, and, and healing thoughts you can convert the thoughts and you can be aware of them. And the thoughts can also give me a lot of insight where I am right now and what, you know, where, where I am and where I should consider to go. Same with emotions. And it's, they're also linked, which is so fascinating, you know, because every experience, every, every thought is li linked with an emotion. Mm. And it's stored in us. I want to ask you about purpose. 
doing this type of work that, that you're talking about, you know, does that give you a feeling of purpose? Like I'm, I'm doing what in a way I wish that all human beings uh, could do. Right. So instead of just focusing again, external and what's not happening external, I'm just going to focus on actually doing this work myself, Mm -hmm. loving the body, feeling awe, appreciating my life. It gives me, it gives me focus and it's all the purpose in my life. My purpose in my life, I would consider is to be a good example and an inspiration for others. This is, this is my goal, you know, and in order to live that responsibility, we have to really be mindful because we don't want to give wrong impulses or wrong impressions. I mean, everybody slips once in a while. We said, I said that before, but then when I slip, I think it's very important to admit and to ask for forgiveness and to ask uh, or to share your reflection about my the reflection about my own behavior and um, forgiving myself and forgiving others. So when I slip, when I feel like I have said something wrong or I've done something what might not be beneficial for somebody or even hurt somebody, it, thank God it doesn't happen very often, but sometimes it happens without us being aware and then we find out through somebody else, you know. Then I always try to clear the air, to, to self-reflect, you know, and to ask for forgiveness, say, I'm sorry. And when we say that from a very sincere heart, everybody will forgive us, you know. Mm. They feel that. And, you know, I, I was reading yesterday something. It's the 69th um, verse in the Tao Te Ching, which is, has really become uh, another Bible for myself by Wayne Dyer, uh, change your thoughts and you change your life. And it is about enemies, you know. As soon as we have an enemy, we sacrifice our inner peace. Mm. And, you know, no matter what other people think of me or do to me or say to me, I should be steady in knowing who I am, what my goal is, and be steady in my behavior. My behavior should not depend on the um the perception or the behavior of another person and this basically was my focus for this year that i'm unirritable is that a is that correct yeah <laughs> i always <laughs> so i'm sure you know that too you have you experience that when somebody says something to you it can irritate us. And sometimes we don't even know. I don't even know how to react to that. Um, 
and but when I'm reflecting, I can, yeah, I I know a lot more about myself, and then I can go back to my intention. My intention is to do good, be good, and what is it? Um, be good, do good, but you know, <laughs> serve, love, give. You know, I mean, I want to try my best to live a life where I hurt nobody is impossible, I think, but where I hurt very little and benefit that many benefit of my actions and my thoughts and my words. I'll go back to, you know, the practice of, of, of just asking what, what do I believe? Like, what do I really believe? And so what you're talking about now makes me think of, you know, wishing everyone well, like, do I really wish everyone well, or am I just saying that? Is that just like a nice thing that I'm saying, or do I really believe that? So when I, when I'm irritated at someone else, you know, did I just make them my enemy? Do I just wish that they oh learn a lesson or they, you know, uh, receive some hardship or, you know, I'm, I'm now competing with them, battling with them that doesn't seem like I could do that at the same time of still wishing them well. You know, um, that brings me back to my spontaneous reaction, right? When somebody does wrong or abuses power, like we have a few people in this world, mm. um, I feel anger coming up, you know, but then Somebody said, I think that it was also Amrita, her, one of her practices is, is, oh, just like me. As long as we, it always throws us back to ourselves, you know. Is there, it's a mirror. Whatever I see in the other person, I, I still have a struggle with, you know. There is something, there's still a seed or there's still a germ in me, which has the same weakness, right? Mm. And then the compassion is coming in. The compassion with a person who does, in my eyes, does so much wrong. Now, for one thing, I question what kind of a life and childhood must that person have experienced, you know? The second thing is, we know that we are all playing a game here. This is a theater, right? Gurudev always said, every role needs to be played. And then I go back to gratitude that I don't have to play that role. Somebody has to pay, play the bad guy. Otherwise, the play can't take place. Mm. We live in the world of duality. And, you know, every person who triggers something in me is also serving me as a bad example, which means I see how awful it is when somebody behaves like that. And then I think, oh, my God, I don't want to be like him or her. So it gives me a good... Um, it gives me a good inspiration again to, to be different because 
sometimes I think if I would see a video of myself, you know, in certain situations or, or through a whole day, you know, if I could see a movie of me, you know, with my thoughts, with my words, with my actions, I mean, not just what I'm doing, but there's, there, there are layers of information about me, you know, it's like, um, x-raying my my thoughts and my my emotions while i'm doing my duties right if i could see that video i think i would so much learn about myself Mm. and i think everybody we have a saying everybody has enough to clear in front of their own door you mean you know what i mean so I have so much to work on myself. How can I, how can I mm. seriously criticize somebody else all the time? Right. And then you see that that, if anything, is as large of a problem that there is in the world is people pointing their fingers, not focusing on their own door. So when I see it like that, I, it's clear to me, okay focus on cleaning, you know, my space. And there's so much to be done there. Um, but f- for whatever reason, it was easier for me to, to start doing that when I saw that that itself was a huge problem. This external pointing the finger, trying to solve all the world problems, have these opinions, like not focusing on it internal. Okay. It's not like an easy solution, but to me, it's the only solution that's going to sustain itself is literally more human beings doing the work, cleaning their own homes. Mm-hmm. And, and part of that work, uh, you know, I feel is, is really related to gratitude, which you've uh, spoken about a few times now. And I want to ask, what is it within us that seems to not want to focus on our blessings? Maybe I'll say it like that right? Like you're talking about just like awe for the body and appreciation for, for the body, for shelter, for, you know, technology, for food and on and on and on. But at least I'll speak for myself. There's something inside myself that doesn't want to spend that much time considering all of my blessings. What is that in, in, inside of me or inside of all of us, if it's more of a widespread thing that doesn't want to go there? You know, I mean, I have asked myself so many times the same question because sometimes it feels like even the, the many things I know, I seem to boycott myself so often, you know, by not doing what I should be doing. And it takes a long, long time to get something like that out of the way. For example, I thought about it today. It's so easy for me today to eat good food, you know, but there were times I loved, you know, sweets, for example. I I still love sweets and cakes and desserts, but I eat them very rarely, you know, because I have trained my mind by constant um, repetition that this is serving me so much better. This is feeding me, you know. I mean, 
everybody can eat, but am I nurturing and nourishing myself with what I take in? So, um, and the question you ask, I don't, I don't really know, but I, I've heard once that it takes 20 compliments mm. to even out one uh, criticism, you know, negative criticism. I mean, compliment is also criticism, but because um, we need 20 compliments to even out one criticism. Can you imagine? So I don't know why it is, and I haven't figured it out yet. Maybe I will, maybe I won't. Uh, why focus on that one bad feedback or painful feedback? Um, maybe as it has something to do with a lack of self-appreciation, with a lack of self-worth. Because if I would really know who I am, if I would really continuously identify with the big eye, as Gurudev said, not with that small eye, you know, which is split into a dash and a point, you know. <laughs> if I would be so um, grounded and connected constantly and deeply, anybody could say anything about me, it wouldn't irritate me. But I think we are not rooted enough yet in that self-awareness, I mean, really the real self, not the seemingly self of personality, a role we are playing presently, you know. That's my assumption, but I haven't quite figured it out. It makes sense to me. Yeah, it's security, you know? And if if I clear the other stuff away, mm -hmm. I... I see that there's no reason for me not to feel secure, right? Like I was just born. <laughs> I, you know, I didn't, I didn't create myself. Like I, I was just born into this experience. Why wouldn't I accept the person that I am? Like, why do I need to constantly search for validation? Yeah. You know, and, 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 and be obsessed with my self-worth it's, it feels like such a distraction when I look at it from, from that angle. That's a very good point, Avi. I, I love that because it reminds me of a little kid being on a video and says, well, if I don't love myself, that means I don't love God or I hate God. Mm -hmm. If I hate myself, I hate God because he created me. A child said that, you know, one of those little video clips going around on yeah. on the mobile phones. <laughs> and I thought, this guy really got it, right? <laughs> God created me. In, you know, um, in the past, I always, it was always very easy to me or for me when I had success, when I did something good to place it at the feet of my guru or on my altar, the altar of my faith, I call it. Meaning, I thank God that he did it so well through me. But when I failed, Abby, I felt so ashamed. I felt so small. And it was very painful because shame, I think, is one of the lowest feelings, emotions you can have. 
And even Gurudev said once to Amakid, you know, don't, don't ever be ashamed of anything, you know, because again, our failures are stepping stones and so forth. So there is no failure. And um, now I lost my point. Um, yeah, if I could, if I could say then um, that, you know, I, I feel like we've gotten caught in this sort of a tractor beam, like a game within the game uh, that doesn't, that doesn't serve. And, and I think it, it probably has to do with, with childhood a lot, you know, in, instead of us treating children, like we have something to learn from them or the teachers were the ones teaching them. And the child is so pure. I think the child looks at the adult and says, Oh, you have more experience than me. I'm going to listen to you and, and, and follow. And, and then we start following into these ways of, of looking at ourselves like this, right? Mm -hmm. Questioning, questioning our worth, looking for the acclaim, feeling shame when I do something wrong instead of looking at it as an opportunity, you know? Um, yeah. But I got my point back. Thank yeah, go ahead. <laughs> Building that bridge, Avi. So sometimes I'm determined to succeed. And sometimes it's also part of my role to make a mistake or to slip. And it doesn't have only to do with myself, but when I really believe I'm playing a role, then my mistake might be even a stepping stone, not just for myself, but also for the other person. It's, um, I think my mistakes are just part of my whole story. Important is that I learn from them and important is that like I said before, I ask for forgiveness. I, I can say, I'm sorry. I have to reflect on it. But so often, you know, my mistakes have turned out to be a blessing in disguise. And we cannot only be and always be the winner, you know. I mean, admitting, admitting a mistake is also part of humility, you know. It's like, I really, I really did something wrong. I, I was too much caught in my own weakness and my own emotion and my own ego. But how great it is for the other person to see us weak as well, you know? Because, you know, Avi, when we are in front of our class, right? When we teach yoga, we are shining, we are a shining light, not because we are so great, but because we are blessed. Mm. We are blessed because I, truly, I believe that every, every lesson I'm giving, Guru Dev is right there. He is making sure that I'm doing a good job. It's grace again, God is there, you know, the Guru, the God within, without, but People don't see us in our daily lives. You know, when we have trouble with our children or with our spouse or with our parents or when they don't know how we deal with when we don't feel so good and so radiant and so energetic or when we are frustrated because we are confronted with something what we 
we don't know how to do so well, you know. I mean, we are shining in front of others, but there is the other side in each and every one of us. And I think to admit that is also a humility. Um, sometimes my students say, well, you are already so far. I said, you don't know. And, you know, I'm going through the same thing. I'm Now I'm shining, but in my life, in my, in my daily life, I, I have to face my challenges and sometimes I do it better. And sometimes I'm, I'm doing it not so admirable, wonderful yogic, you know? Yeah. What I'm thinking even now is that this is a different type of shining, right? Mm -hmm. Like being, being vulnerable and sharing our weaknesses with others is a, is a different type of, of shining. It's a different type of service uh, that I feel is, 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 is really important. I'm even starting now to like look for opportunities to admit wrong, right? Because I think it really, it is. And like, I'm, I'm, I'm seeing how much I can learn from, from doing that instead of trying to argue, but, but this and, but that, and my mind, Oh, is really good at doing that. Like really, really good. And, uh, and, but this other way is um, there's, it just seems that there's a lot more there. And you know, it takes so much less energy when we, when we just admit, you know, it's like we are throwing away our weapons. You know, we, we are there and, and we show our weakness. And when, when we, we are um, willing to show our vulnerable spots. I think we are less prone to be attacked because I don't want to show off with anything. You know, I'm, thank God I'm a very happy person. Usually I'm very cheerful. I, I see most of the time I see the positive things. There are very little phases in my life where I'm, I'm really struggling with myself. I'm, I'm blessed. I, again, I feel it as a blessing, you know, it's nothing that I have gained or I have uh, accomplished maybe to a little, little degree by practicing, you know, but um, the, when I when I'm willing to show my weakness and my my mistakes, I think I'm so much more lovable. Hmm. And it's actually that what um, what is very much appreciated by my my students. I'm very open. I'm I always say I'm a pretty open book. You know, they know about my my troubles and my, you know, because I can't hide them anyway. So why am I fake it? Right. Mm -hmm. And I think it's totally okay to give little insights, you know, what you're struggling with right now. It even helps them that they don't put them and they don't put you on a, on a pedestal. I don't want to be on a pedestal. Never. I have put people on pedals so many, many years and so many times. And then I understood 
the higher I said the other person, the lower I am. And, you know, when I put them on a pedestal, I get really angry when they don't fit my mm. protection. You know, when they move out of the picture, I, I put on them. So I don't want to risk to be thrown or fall um, off a pedestal because that's painful. I, I want to be in on an eyesight with everybody. I want to be on eye level. Yeah, you know, I think exactly what happens there when we put someone else on a pedestal right there, we feel lower about ourselves, right? And then I like I limit my potential growth myself because I guess, oh, I'm not I'm not gonna get there. You know, I'm I'm just this low, lowly person there. And that that's not what we need. You know, I think what we need is everyone to just step into their power, right? And this comparison game is yeah. is is it's so unfruitful because it's impossible to compare, right? Like we can't put each other's lives on a spreadsheet and say, you're doing this well and I'm doing that well. And like checking all these boxes and, and, and whatnot. It's like, that's where the letting go comes and just give it to God. You know, I'm me, they're them. And that's it. <laughs> Comparison is a big trick. You know, it's a big trap. Um, do you know the desiderata? It's is it the same word in English? It's um, it's a paper in a Baltimore church, and it says, um, "Prevent yourself from two things: from rushing and from comparing yourself." Because when we compare, it's always trouble for one person, either for myself or the other person. It's either I'm not good enough. Or the other person is not good enough and, and not meeting my expectations. Everybody of us is such a value pack, you know, is so full of gifts and so full of opportunities. And I love the uniqueness of everybody, you know, that's that's the the magic about it. And I thrive on on seeing the good sides of people. I really thrive on it. Not, of course, I'm failing with some people. And, and there are some people which I'm not so fond of in my life, you know. And But I'm trying not to be disrespectful. I just try to withdraw from them. Hmm. I think that that's a fair choice I'm having. Because somebody said once, you don't have to like everyone. You can't like everyone. But you have to love everybody. So on a... On a level of um, Purusha or Atman, you know, the essence of us is all the same. The personality of some people, I have, I struggle with sometimes, but I don't have to be friends with everybody, you know, but I have to respect everyone mm. because everyone is doing their best. That's a fact. Everybody is doing their best. Everybody has a different capability everybody has been put different gifts into their cradle and also weaknesses just like me and I respect everybody who says well you know Heike is not really my my type it's I'm keeping a little distance of her I I have given up that I have to be everybody's darling I have to be admired or or loved by everybody no i don't 
I have to be authentic. I have to be, my job is to be haiki. Okay. I don't have to be like anybody else, but I have to do my job as haiki. Somebody, um, I, I had a, uh, some, sometimes a, there was a quote coming, be yourself. Everything else is already taken. <laughs> yeah. You know, mm. so often we say, oh, I would so much love to be more like him or her. No, I have to be me. And, you know, and at a time, it's, it's about 20 years back. I remember vividly going, uh, being on a walk by myself. And again, I was like self-destructing me and, and uh, because I was scalding myself and not for being not good enough and not being as I wanted to be. And, you know, then I heard a very strong voice and says, it's not about change. It's about acceptance. <laughs> it was really, it was a very strong voice from upstairs. <laughs> and I never forgot that. Heike has to be Heike with everything what is in my capability. And everybody else has to be themselves. You know, when, when I feel that, I just, I feel that experience of, of accepting what I am and it, it feels both joyful and perfect. Like they, there could be no other way. Right. That's just it. That's right. That's, that's self-love. <laughs> Everybody should be like that. Everybody should think like that. I mean, that doesn't take away the responsibility of that we have to be really mindful about what we think, say, and do. But I, God made me this way, you know, and I think it's a blessing. And the moment we accept and love ourselves, we are so much more at peace because who else is 24 hours every day for the rest of our lives with us? Mm. Only us and God. Mm. Okay. So if I'm not being my best friend, who please should be that? Mm. The other, the other part um, of what you shared before with you know the no comparisons and also the other one is just as important for this this path and that is slowing down right because mm -hmm. i see that as being the obstacle for being in this place right for not uh accepting myself being right it's, it's when i'm moving too fast and it's so it seems so easy to move that fast so i'm just distracting myself all day long every day by other things. So I, I love that those two are together. Um, what do you mean those two are together? Oh, the rest not, not, not compare it, not, not comparing myself, which really leads, I think, to what right, we've been right. talking about mm -hmm. in terms of, you know, loving the self and just accepting who I am, but also the slowing down, because if I don't slow down, I don't know if that other one is even possible. Right, right, right. Really, really slowing down and just ah, and then that's what acceptance is is all about, or not analyzing myself. Now I can just ah uh, take a breath and and relax, and 
and you and I talk about this a lot, is just letting go, right? And all this that we're even talking about, to me, is evidence to let go, that mm-hmm. just just letting go to this process. For you, what is an obstacle for letting go? Like what what's between you and just letting go more of the time? I have a very good eye to to see what needs to be done. And I I can't stop sometimes, you know. I I mean, if it takes that I'm having to iron till 12 o'clock at night, I will do it to just get it done, you know, because I always see the work. <laughs> I can't. I, there's a there there is a high expectation towards myself, and I love aesthetics. I like to have things in order, and I feel like I'm falling behind every week. You know, in in one way or the other. You know, I get one thing done, and then I had it's maybe office work, or you know, I, I feel like I'm. I'm never finished with my work. And that's my biggest obstacle. I can't let go. It's like, I need to get this done. And and then I exhaust myself. And then I'm not good for anything, right? Or I'm rushing. And then you spill some milk, not milk, but, uh, you know, then, then you trip or you fall or you kick something over. I mean, it doesn't, it's not worth it. You know, can I, can I propose this one, one idea maybe that what if, what if letting go is even more broad than that, than the surface level. And for this example that you gave, like, what if I let go to this part of me that likes to do that and allow that to be okay too? Well, it always comes down to the same answer, Avi. When I'm in my personality, I'm so ambitious. But when I'm in my true self, that would say, my child, for today, for today, you've done enough. Just rest. But this high-key personality, this high-key ego, but I want to get this done and... You know, I'm I'm holding on to it. And and when we if I would be even more within myself, um I would do even better. And I again Usha Pishini, a really dear friend of mine, have you met her? She lived in Yashon with her family for 10 years, and she's German, but she lives in Italy. Mm-hmm. And she, recently she said, Heike. Um, you have divine parents, you know? First she asked, how do you see God as a masculine or feminine? I said, as I was a child, it was always masculine, but now it's feminine and masculine. It's like mother earth is my divine mother and father spirit is um, my divine father is my, my, my male God picture or feeling. And it's also neutral because God is everything. I mean, God is, is everything, right? And then she, she triggered or mentioned the idea that we have spiritual or cosmic parents, divine parents. Hmm. 
And again, I made an exercise out of I made a visualization out of that, that um, we meet in a meditation or in a deep relaxation, you know, we meet our divine mother and knowing that we receive unconditional love, no judgment whatsoever. It's just a shelter, a place where I can drop every veil and every, every facade, you know, every mask. I can be my very pure, naked Heike, you know? And I can, I can share all my sorrows, my deepest fears, my strongest side and my, and my deepest or, or, or most embarrassing mistakes and faults, you know, and my needs. And then you, you ask that divine mother, what would you advise me right now? And it's just pure love, you know. I don't have a picture of that divine mother and also the divine father. I don't have a picture. It's just a feeling of where I can completely let go. I can fall, let myself drop, and have the security of being held in pure love, patience. Oh, I was again, you know, in tears as I I listened to my own visualization. I record a lot of, um, are you still there? Yeah. It it says it was unstable for a moment. Um, So I, I felt so nurtured as I came back from that. And what I need right now is quiet times and withdrawal. That was the advice of my cosmic parents. Mm. And I felt only love, no judgment. Mm. You can, it's, it's, a, it's a great shelter and it's a great refuge. Mm. Yeah, I think one of the, one of the biggest obstacles is, is uh, believing that it could actually be that good. <laughs> Like it could actually, it could actually be, it could be like that. It could feel that good to to live in this acceptance and the, and this joy. Like it, it really can, but so much time living a different way. Sometimes it's hard to believe. Yeah. Um, but Heike, uh, thank you so much for, for taking this time, uh, for being here. It's nice to see it was light outside and now, now it's dark. So the yeah. day is ending, ending for you. Um, I, I want to ask if if anyone wanted to get into touch with you, what would be the best way uh, for them to do that? Well, uh, they can call me or send me an email. My email address is Heike at integralyoga.de. And Heike written H, like the opposite of Loki, Heike. Uh, my website, but it's in German. It's www.integralyoga.de. And my phone number is 
Zero. Hey, maybe, maybe you don't. Do you want to give that out? I don't know if you want to give that out. I think email is good and website. Thank you. It's on my website anyway. Okay. okay. Um, it is such a pleasure to speak <laughs> with you. This is now our second time, and I love your interviews. You're so present and so you're so inspiring in your questions also. I really mm. feel like you're swimming the waves with me or, you know, like two dolphins in the sea. Yeah. It's fun. I get to, I get to learn um, by connecting to, to people such as yourself. I feel so, so blessed, so fortunate to, to be in this position to found integral yoga. Thank you, God. <laughs> that position so well Avi and I feel very much taken care of by your presence and how you reconnect us and hmm. and you have a, a real talent to interview people it's fun also make me you know making it fun that's that's what I try to remind myself too I, I've just noticed I'm, I'm aware you know one thing that you you talked about was freedom through awareness I'm just aware that if I'm having more fun, I do something much better, whether it's cleaning or having a conversation, you know? So a lot of the question is just, how can I make it fun for myself? If yeah. it's fun, the success is right behind it. It's, we need, it, success needs our enthusiasm, you know? Hmm. When, when we do it with love and enthusiasm, then it, it can only, the outcome can only be good. Thanks for listening. If you've enjoyed this content and think others might as well, please feel free to share and subscribe.